Welcome to Mother of All Solutions. We have a mini series for you this new year. Really delighted to share some recordings. We've got three episodes for you for 2021. Hopefully to um, give you a chance to hear some stories from women who've been through particular situations that might resonate with listeners or just be of interest to help us think about the bigger picture of what's going on for, for women in work at the minute. So the three episodes that we're going to introduce, um, one is with a friend I've known for a long time through work and was furloughed and has then made a dramatic life change and career change. And yeah, really interesting to hear what she's doing now. Second is another friend I've known for a long time who has stepped back from work. Um, she has three kids and had been juggling a lot and has taken that decision herself, which I know has been reported on in the press as well. It's not always post-furlough that people have, or women in particular, have moved away from work. It's often been people just feel, how can this go forward? And so it'd be really interesting to hear about Susanna's decisions and choices and the what next for her. And then also we have a fantastic neighbour of mine who's a nurse, who's completed studies during um, this crazy year of pandemic and has been working and has two small children as well so she's just a really really interesting person to talk to about everything around this past year really. So together we'll give you these three episodes as a mini series to start off 2021. Still hoping to bring you a full second season you know that was my aim and what I spoke about when I produced the compilation episode at the end of season one in September, at the beginning of September when the schools were reopening. So it's still my aim, but as we've all felt, you know, we're trying to do so much in our day-to-day -day work, in our family lives. And so just that little bit of steam to get going on season two and really root into those policy and perspectives that I want to share in season two has just taken me a weeny bit longer. And I'm not gonna be harsh on myself. You know, this is for me um, a really exciting project MOAS mother of all solutions and I want people to enjoy listening to it but I also want to enjoy making it as well so I just need to give myself a little bit more time and headspace but for now we've got this amazing second well not second series mini series MOAS minis which I really hope you enjoy and I hope bring you some interesting listen listening for 2021 as always please reach out I am still thinking about the second season and how that shapes so please do get in touch with ideas, contacts, thoughts, opinions. I mean, that's the whole point of this is to start a dialogue. Um, so yeah, do that. You can do that on Twitter at Solutions Mother or via the email account motherofallsolutions at gmail.com. Hopefully we'll be out of this soon and, you know, not in too bad a shape if we are listened to and cared for and care for each other. All right. Thank you very much and enjoy the series. Hello, I'm Antonia Faust and I'm currently a full-time mum and also setting up a organic nut farm in North Devon with my partner. And I have two young children, uh, Frida who's nearly two and Orla who's three and a half. So 
welcome to Mother of All Solutions. Really excited to be interviewing my friend, um, Antonia Faust. It's lovely to interview friends because I sort of know some of their story, but I don't know the full detail. So I get to kind of delve a bit deeper into what's happening in their lives and what they've been up to. So fantastic to welcome Antonia. So hi to Antonia. We're talking over Zoom. Hiya. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Um, and it's lovely to see mm -hmm. your face, not just hear your voice on the phone. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about obviously what Antonia is up to and what she's doing, but also a bit of an emphasis on furloughing because Antonia um, has been furloughed this past year during the pandemic. And I know a lot of other mums have also been furloughed. So it's something as a topic and a narrative for the podcast that I thought would be really interesting for our listeners. So obviously we're going to get Antonia's personal story and what she's up to with regards to her family and her career and what she's planning and doing, um, which is all amazing and really excited to hear that but also I hope as listeners it's something for us to all kind of think on and reflect on around the topic of furloughing which there's been a lot of people who've been through it um, and will have experience of it and will want to kind of know a bit more about what others have done and are doing around it so that was one of the reasons and also Antonia is just a really fab person so she'll um, be great on this episode <laughs> um, just to introduce how I no know pressure. Antonia no pressure whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so Antonia and I worked together, um, I think it was 2006 when I first moved to London was when I first met Antonia. And I'd moved from Newcastle, working in quite a small charity. And then I moved to London and was then working still in a charity, but a massive organization. <laughs> and I had like no idea what to expect really um, socially and kind of all those work relationships and navigating that. And I met Antonia at a party, a Halloween party. I do remember this. I don't know if she remembers this. And she I was do. I remember it well. And Nat oh, came. <laughs> it was, yeah, and Nat, my Nat came, came along as well. <laughs> and we had no idea that it was going to be like such a an event. And then we got there and it was like, wow, there's loads of people like drinking and having fun. And it was a good time. Um, so we met then. And then over the years of us working together, we worked in different teams. So our friendship was much more separate to work. And then other times we kind of came together and worked on projects. So, you know, we've got that kind of bit of experience of being work friends and then work colleagues as well. So it's been a while since we worked together, but that's how I know you. And, you know, you've moved on and done other things and we'll talk about that. So, um, yeah, just keeping in touch with you has been amazing and seeing you become a mum's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, I miss you guys, but there we go. Um, <laughs> so just a little bit about Antonia now don't be embarrassed Antonia and I know you've said no pressure but I'm saying this just out of like genuine kindness not to embarrass <laughs> you um, Antonia and I've been messaging a little bit about this creative types test that's going around it's the Adobe creative um, I don't know what you call it like a kind of personality profile and Antonia came out as the adventurer so I'm just going to set the, the scene for <laughs> <laughs> some of Antonia's life choices and work and she is embarrassed but she shouldn't be so I'm just gonna gonna read it up read it out sorry adventurer types are passionate expressive multi-talented creative spirits with a natural ability to entertain and inspire as an adventurer you're never satisfied to just come up with ideas instead you have an almost compulsive need to act on them your abundant energy fuels you in the pursuit of many interests, hobbies, areas of study and artistic endeavours. 
And I think that rings quite true for, for Antonia. And Owen, who, as we all know, edits the podcast, has also worked with Antonia. And he will know that when Antonia has something she wants done, she has the idea, but she'll see it through and crack on and just make it happen. Um, so I definitely think that adventure type rings true. Ooh, she's, she's feeling the pressure now. I can see. I can the see her on, on. looking a bit worried at me. No, no. So there's my long intro to the wonderful person that is Antonia Faust. So just to get us started, Antonia, tell us a little bit about what you're up to at the minute, and then we'll delve a bit deeper into that and your past later. But just to kind of give us a quick summary of set the scene, where are you? Who's in your family? What are you doing? So right now I am uh, in our home office, um, which is in uh, a small village called Umberley in North Devon. I am looking out of my office window at Rolling Hills. It's a bit of a oh, drizzly nice. day today, unfortunately, but um, there are. I'm looking out across farmland, basically. Um, there's a a, mea- a a winding river off to the right hand side. It's pretty spectacular, and um, I'm actually looking over across um our own land which is eight acres um and i have never ever lived uh somewhere with this much space or, or this much sky um i'm i'm born and bred londoner um, londoner and uh <laughs> yeah and then um more recently in the last sort of eight years moved to bristol um so i've always been a city gal so this is this is quite a change for me and um Actually, interest well, interestingly, um, largely this move was kind of um, focused and driven through the whole COVID lockdown furlough experience. So it's kind of, um, whilst obviously the pandemic has been horrendous um, in so many ways for so many people, for us it kind of um, created this perfect storm and a pause mm-hmm. in our life, mine and my partners, that just really focused us to sort of really yeah. think about what we wanted to do with our futures and the kind of life we wanted to be living because everything just, everything got thrown up in the air. Everything mm. had to be reassessed. And, you know, that that sort of break in the norm just made us think, okay, like, you know, life is precious and what do we really mm. want to be doing with it? Um, and I think, you know, especially having had just, just recently had two young children and I, in very short succession, yeah. um, for me, like I'd I'd kind of gone back into my old job, which I'd gone from being, you know, uh, very very um, heavily involved, quite senior in the company. I'd just been made a, a an associate director before I had my first child, yeah. um, and then obviously when I came back, because for me also, you know, it was really important to be quite a hands on mum. I was able to go back part time, but obviously that switch from being, you know, so yeah, heavily yeah. involved to then being part-time inevitably your role does change um and the focus does shift a bit and you know um so already you know I guess my attitude and kind of um not so much my attitude but I guess my shift in in my career had had already started to change um through that kind of motherhood journey Mm. Motherhood, well, your energy, you know, some of your energy has to be divided and it has to go on to your children, you know, yeah. I, 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 unless, unless you, you know, um, I mean, even full-time uh, mothers who work full-time, it's, um, it's still that, that 
you know, you can't do it all. I mean, you can try, but yeah. you can't do everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. for me, it was a natural shift. It was a very natural shift to sort of want to spend at least half my time with my kids because I did want to have that kind of mm. close bond with them. I wanted mm. to see them. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. see I wanted to see the minutiae. I wanted to kind yeah, of yeah. be there for the firsts or some of them at least, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really important to me. I just kind of, for me, that was more important, I guess, than further growing my career in the way it was going anyway and I I you know I had a great a great company that were flexible in many ways and quite laid back um and mm. it was quite easy to sl- slip in and out of you know I was able to do um some homeworking which was good um and then I didn't plan we didn't really plan to have our second child quite so quickly so actually I took a year out for my first child and then came back and then almost by the time I came back, like almost immediately, I fell pregnant again. So then I was only back at work, I think, for something like six or eight months, I think it was, before I then... Yeah, which I is then... fine. I mean, that's, yeah, that that's the thing that people sometimes get a bit cut up on or is cut up on, what's the phrase? Uh, anyhow, hung up on is like that idea of what's the ideal gap and our bodies don't work like that. You know, it took me longer to have my second, so I had a bigger gap and you didn't kind of know how quickly your gap was going to be so you know it, you just don't know it's not as if employers are like oh they've only been back for a month or or you know and then they're off again it's it's just how it's not a perfect system is it it's not always yeah it, it definitely wasn't particularly well received understandably you know I can mm. see why it would have been here's me fluffing around it I'm like no 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 it's fine it's fine <laughs> it was well, definitely an awkward conversation um and and mm. I don't think because for myself I you know, I think, especially coming back off my after my first, I really felt like I had something to prove. You know, um, mm, that I okay. could still. D- yeah, you were quite conscious of that. I remember you being very conscious of that. Mm. Well, I think they were quite. They wanted to see that I was still going to deliver. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Especially if you'd been promoted. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Which, yeah. again, it shouldn't always be that way, but it. You know, we are human, and people. Um, even if it's not deliberate pressure, some accidental pressures come on without even meaning to on people returning to work and it just sort of builds. But let's jump back a weenie bit, Antonia, because you have set the scene of this idyllic country setting where you are and you're in your office and you're looking out over the hills. And I mean, it sounds fantastic. And I'm sure if we weren't in this pandemic, I would have been to visit you and witnessed it and seen it for myself. And I will do, I will do at some point when when I can safely. Um, But just that setting, you said you'd moved from being a city, a city gal. (laughs) So you've made this quite significant jump. What were you working, what was your industry? What were you working in in Bristol? And what's a bit of your background from when you were in London and working and studying then? Okay, so I, I guess if you want to start from the beginning, um, I originally um, studied architecture and uh, was very mm-hmm. passionate about it. Um, I went into, you know, in a, I did my placement um, uh, in London um, and a couple of different um, practices, which I found quite challenging. Um, but then um, I just kind of really questioned whether being an architect was going to be right for me. Um and then kind of uh, fell into actually working for the Royal Institute of British Architects, where I met you, um, which yeah. which was a really I, I mean I mean I stayed there I think it was for almost nine years I think it was um, I initially started out in what was the RIBA Trust 
uh, as an assistant to three different directors, uh, th three different managers who covered the events programme, uh, events and exhibitions, the sort of fundraising arm, sponsorship arm and the awards. So I worked across all of those different departments in my first year there and then quite quickly moved over to the London region and then was working on events there and then stayed there as an events and projects manager for the remaining whatever that was seven eight years um which was fantastic and it was great because I was able to kind of really um my passion always at the RIBA was was kind of about creating opportunities to promote and um, work with the smaller practices because I sort of felt like yep. the larger uh, practices have the budgets to do P big PR splashes um, but also obviously yep. people know their names much more and, and they kind of don't really need the help whereas I was always very passionate about the younger the smaller practices who perhaps don't have those budgets who just need the opportunities to to kind of be seen really and I sort of felt that 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 was a, a thing that the RIBA could be doing more of. And I was really lucky to be working with people who, you know, we all felt the same way. And so we created a, a series of projects that kind of created that platform that grew and grew. And it was just really enjoyable to do that um, and to work with so many talented architects um, who were so much, great fun as well as being yeah, yeah, extremely yeah. exciting to 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 work with um, and to be around all that creativity. Although I, I didn't feel I could do it myself, it was just, it was really um, great to work with all those great minds. Yeah, it doesn't and, mean you're not passionate about it. Even yeah. If you didn't live the design, you were still kind of ingrained and enthused about yeah. it. Yeah. So then I, I then, after, you know, um, being there and enjoying that time, I then ended up moving to the Crown Estate, who I had worked on, uh, worked with um, for several years on the Regent Street Windows project. Um, so I got to know some of the uh, some of the characters there and had enjoyed working with them. And then opportunity came up uh, to, to work there and I, t I took it and went for it. And uh, again, you know, uh, a really interesting year there working uh, across sort of, um, again, events, but marketing um, for their Regent Streets, St. James's and their regional portfolios. And that's where I met my then, the, the company that I ended up moving to, Bakehouse Factory, who are a Bristol-based events company, but they work all over the UK and, in fact, internationally, creating rather magical, spectacular, dramatic events in retail environments. So I worked with them across a tour around the um, around the Crown Estates regional portfolio and um, got to know them. And at the same time, I met my now partner who is bristol based and um yay so yeah i made the decision that i wanted to move to bristol um to be with my partner and at the same time mm -hmm. i spoke to so Bakehouse. kind of work and personal life well yeah i mean they were separate they the work and the personal life were separate but they were both bristol based mm -hmm. it was sort of like i'd met rob and then i was mm -hmm. he was like well, I'm going to have to move to London. And I was like, well, if I can find a job in Bristol, I'll come to Bristol. Yeah, And then I was doing this well. project and then I found out that they, they were based in Bristol. And I was like, could we have a chat? You know, like, um, and they basically created a job for me, which was incredible um, to be their <laughs> business development um, manager. 
and um yeah so then so then i jumped ship and moved to bristol and to bakehouse um which and, was and then how many uh, such... years sorry antonia i was just gonna ask you so in total how many years were you in bristol working at the bakehouse how many years was that i think it's uh five and a half six years i think Okay, and you had your two children in that period of yeah. time. So you've been in Bristol, um, working really hard. Um, obviously, you said you were kind of promoted within that workplace. Having your two children, making a life in Bristol, which is a fantastic city. Obviously, not the scale of London in size, but you know the yeah. amount of creativity and people that you know are doing interesting content is you know it's a fantastic place. So I know you enjoyed Bristol, but obviously working in events and immersive environments and the kind of context of bakehouse factory and um, jump us forward to what happened in march when you know we were obviously yeah. hearing hearing messages about yeah. pandemic and as an industry yeah what happened for that industry yeah so as you said we we bakehouse specialized in um theatrical events in retail environments um so shopping centers were basically our bread and butter and mm. what seemed like overnight, it just, the whole industry closed. Um, yeah. One, but, you know, we sort of saw the whole COVID thing and it was over there in China. Then it was like, oh gosh, yeah, now yeah. it's like, it's, it's in Italy, it's rife yeah, in Italy. Yeah. But we mm. still, we still were like, okay, well, the, you know, and then suddenly by the time we were like, oh God, it actually might affect us. It had already happened. And overnight, yeah, yeah. like all of our jobs that were booked in for Easter disappeared. They all got cancelled. No one was booking oh goodness, any work. Yeah. Um, no one was booking any work for summer. No one was booking any work. No, every all all the yeah. discussions just stopped. So literally yeah. overnight we had no work, which meant we had no income, which meant that we suddenly yeah. you know we we we'd been doing so well over the previous few years, um, yeah. growing almost every year and growing in in um, number of staff, and suddenly we had large overheads yeah. and no money coming in and so it was terrifying yeah. and the directors like immediately had to put everyone on 50 percent pay um yeah. and um you know, it was it was really scary we were just, but we kind of all thought well it'll just be a short term you know we'll just yeah. we'll take the hit and then we'll you know this is only we'll gonna be a short term thing yeah. and we'll bounce back yeah. from this yeah. And then thankfully co uh, the the um furlough scheme came in which meant that we actually then yeah. got eighty percent pay and it yeah. was backdated. So that was just such a relief. It was like okay, we can all breathe yeah. again, you okay. know, like we didn't know how long it was gonna yeah. be for, but it was just like, Okay, yeah, you know, we'll get through this, we can bunker down, you know, let's bounce some ideas, but we'll just come back stronger, we'll rebuild the website, you know, we'll really get all our marketing yeah materials back we'll up take we'll come some up time with some, to do training we, yeah we'll come and, back yeah. fighting you yeah. know we're gonna have so many amazing yeah, ideas yeah. oh we're gonna use this time to get all our creds up to date you know we're gonna yeah. come back fighting fit this is like again like yeah. a pause time and then it just kind of like it mm. just went on a bit longer and i know initially you know it felt like a sort of third maternity leave in a way i was like once we were told well we couldn't come into the office and we were furloughed that's mm. therefore you can't work Work, I just was like, yeah. okay, well, I'm really gonna, you know, embrace this time, really yeah. focus on the kids. The kids can't do go like, to nursery at the minute, so yeah. Yeah, we yeah. were all at home, so I was like, yeah. you know, we had the beautiful weather, and I was doing loads of crafting yeah. projects with them, but you know, yeah. after six weeks, you start to go, okay, yeah, this is really hard work, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I guess that 
in the context of this COVID stuff. And, you know, then it, the, 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 as it went on, we were like, mm. okay, um, how, how is this going to affect everything? Because my brother who, um, he worked for Spotify, he was saying, I mean, he'd actually said before any of it hit us, partnerships mm. were falling away you know it was really massively affecting yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. and it was like oh wow, okay this could this could be quite damaging for a long time and Rob and I my partner and I had already um started to kind of very loosely think about this idea of um starting up our own business um in the form of a nut farm Rob had been doing loads of mm. research on it he'd been on a on a um, just say that again for our listeners, Antonia, in case they yeah. Didn't so think and not correctly. <laughs> so we we have had this farm. loose um, <laughs> idea, sort of um, dream, perhaps, of uh, setting up a nut farm, which definitely strongly came from my partner Rob. Um, he'd do, been doing lots of research on it, um, and had in fact yeah. been on a nut growers course. Um, uh, the year before um, so he was really passionate about it and I was initially skeptical but was very much after he'd been on the course and started to do you know minimal amounts of research myself was also sort of thinking well okay this could be a yeah. lovely lifestyle we looked at one or two sites you know very very loosely but nothing you know we weren't it was kind of maybe in a year or two's time and then mm. this the pandemic hit you know Rob had to close his he's a he's a builder he had to close all of his sites. I was at home and suddenly we were just like looking at sites online, you know, because it's like, OK, well, you know, let's let's really lose this time. Let's look around. And then this um, this this farm site. Kind of, yes. Yeah. The small holding yeah. site yeah. came up. Small holding. Uh, it's a small. Yeah, because it's, it's eight acres. So it's pretty small in, in farming standards. Sounds pretty um, big to me. I mean, yeah. South London. I mean, that's yeah. just... um, and it had a house on it because at one point we were looking at 22 acres, but with no house and no planning permission. We would have had an architect. I know, graduate, but, but we would have had to have lived oh, yeah. in a. I know, I know. In a in a uh, <laughs> static caravan. A caravan. Long. Yeah, yeah. And having just done loads of work on our old house, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just don't want to do another big build project. And um, yeah. So this house enough. came up, yeah. and then, but it was locked down, so we couldn't come and see it. And then, as soon as it lifted, we came and drove down, and and basically just fell in love with it. We we're just like, oh my god, that place. It's amazing. Then it had a, a beautiful little local school that yeah. was in walking distance. I mean, there's like a river running down the bottom of the fields. It's, oh my goodness, it sounds idyllic. It's it's insane. Yeah. I mean, like we're on the top of the hill. We've got a this kind of, um, you know, two story little white house. Well, it's not that little uh, white house that overlooks just miles. I mean, you can just see for my giant white miles house and my eight acres looking and and you know it came with stables and a barn so my other dream is because I was slightly you know not being from any kind of agricultural um or farming background I was quite nervous about this giant leap into the unknown yeah and understandable. I, I wanted yeah. to have something that but I you're an adventurer feel. I am an adventurer but I'm also I'm not completely you know um crazy or I do sort of like to weigh my risks um and yeah. So I, my sort of uh, part of what I wanted to bring into this um, sort of plan or picture was so that I could have some kind of either events or or kind of um, 
uh, hospitality string to what we did. So okay. I was okay. always wanted to have either a barn or some kind of create a space where we could either hold events, maybe weddings, um, yeah, that kind of thing as a another income stream, um, or and, and something or that you would enjoy bring your yeah. creativity into, yeah. 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 And I'd really enjoy yeah. doing it, you know. I mean, I've, I've been doing events for the last, what, 15, 20 years. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it would seem a shame to kind of completely get it. So when you were looking at these small holdings, you had in mind, obviously, the the nut farm and the kind of... Yes. The growing aspect. But you also, in your head, when you were weighing up whether you could make this move, however, yeah. obviously pushed in some ways because of furlough and your sector just, you know, changing dramatically and Rob's yeah. sites obviously being closed but you were also like thinking about the bigger picture of what else you could do for you like and bringing some of your experience absolutely work yeah and life yeah okay I mean I definitely do yeah. want to get involved with the with the not growing aspect but I definitely I also felt that I needed to have this income stream that I knew I could deliver do you know what I mean like yeah, that I had yeah, experience yeah. in and and also I just think you know when you are yeah. I mean, this is, as I said, it is a bit of a leap. Yes, Rob's done the courses, but we, it is yeah. unknown. And um, on paper, it all looks like it could work really well. But, it, you know, there's lots of reasons why we were passionate about the nuts. Not only, you know, it seems like quite a nice income when the, the trees come through, but it's also environmentally, mm. you know, planting loads of trees. It's a really positive thing to do. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, and, you know... Um, we're also alongside that we're hoping to grow some of our own food produce so that we become more self-sufficient um our plan is to also kind of uh try and generate some of our own electricity through solar and things like that so it was just it was a whole lifestyle shift really um but alongside that i also needed to have a business head on and, and think well it's going to take up to sort of 10 years for the for the nuts to get up to full production so we need to have other income streams in that time and rob will continue to be a builder um but I needed to do something and obviously by moving to North Devon it was going to be tricky for me to continue doing uh, what the I was... income streams it sounds very sensible yeah so um so this site was perfect because it has a giant a really large barn which could easily be you know used for for rustic wedding venues when we can have weddings again yeah, yeah. um and, and there's also some stables which we're planning to um to 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 sort of develop into um some yeah. uh, accommodation for like an airbnb or something like that um and we've recently taken delivery yeah. of a very derelict gypsy caravan which we are going to be renovating oh my goodness <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's it's another project i want to see it <laughs> i mean it, it sounds it sounds like even though it's a complete as you say, there are a lot of unknowns. There's also a lot of potential. Like you've been through quite a rigorous process and I suppose obviously furloughing and your sector changing was obviously very stressful and I completely empathise with that. It has in some ways given you time to explore those options and potential in other other ways and, and places. Is that fair or does that sound like I'm kind of making it sound prettier than it actually has been oh no no I mean I I think as I said you know I think we we feel extremely lucky that we had that pausing time you know it it gave us the 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 kind of pandemic gave us it forced us to take time off work well 
thankfully I mm-hmm. had furlough pay, so that was great. Um, Rob, all his sites had to close, so then we took that time to finish our Bristol house off, get it on the market. Um, and we, you know, by going by going for this house, mm. this the small holding at the time that we did, we managed to just get in there in time because as a result of the pandemic, loads of people mm. are now leaving cities and trying to move yeah. to the countryside. And actually, if we would have waited another month, we probably would have been priced out of where we are yeah. now um, because the I prices know. have gone up so much. Um, so it kind of, it... the timing for us has been absolutely perfect. And, and we feel, as I said, really lucky. We have, um, you know, with the nuts, we... we Initially, we, we, we'd been speaking to the Woodland Trust and we were under the impression that we would be supported by the Woodland Trust through their um, IPOR scheme. Um, and we have had meetings with the Woodland Trust. Um, we, we understood that they would be kind of um, walking us through the process and mm. part funding some of the planting of the trees, but also giving us their expertise Um as it happened, we through the meetings and, and the further sort of through the process we went, it turned out that the restrictions that they were going to put on, on what the way that we needed to plant it and what we needed to plant were going to be so mm. um, kind of, uh, they, they, they wouldn't have worked for us. They, they just okay. wouldn't. So now we are right completely fit. self-funding mm. it. Yeah. Which means wow. it's going to be a slower process. We won't be able to get the whole farm planted in year one um it's probably going to be over three or four years but maybe that's a good thing if we're not getting the support in terms of their expertise we need to learn on the job you know um so so that's a good thing in a way um but it means that actually we're going to try and pull through some of the 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 gypsy caravan and the airbnb side so that we have some income Mm, coming through that quicker sooner Mm. because we know Mm. we know from um from some of our neighbors and people in the area that 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 is um really popular around here especially the kind of okay. camping underneath the stars has become oh, it sounds lovely um yeah, yeah, yeah. more popular um and we are yeah. only like the 25 minutes drive from a beaches here some of the most beautiful beaches Aww. big miles of sandy beach so oh, great for surfing and, and how are the girls settling like what's oh my god obviously it's... they're quite little how remind listeners i know you said at the beginning but remind listeners how old your girls are so um Orla, our older daughter is three and a half and so she's just started like a down at the little pri- um, primary school in their preschool section and she has just taken Fantastic. off she absolutely loves it um it's a tiny school but entire school including the preschool has only got 45 kids um so okay. <laughs> yeah they have mixed years so she's in like the preschool year, which is called Brumblebees, and so they are between they are three and four year olds, um, okay. and their classroom is uh, sorry, I'm I'm doing my inverted commas, <laughs> <laughs> um, is is basically a large shed, um, with an awning nice. outside and then a yurt in the back garden with uh, in the back uh field with with sheep in it so that's that's her learning environment and they have forest school wow. every tuesday and so they're out and about in their wellies jumping around and picking up leaves and all sorts oh, um my goodness. 
it's just it's just such a nice little school she's she's taking off there and um Frida is coming up for two she'll be two in January so she's been at home with me all the time so she gets the bum end of the deal (laughs) um and uh, she's kind of definitely a lockdown baby you know I really noticed the difference um because she hasn't really, there hasn't been any playgroups, there hasn't been anything nope. to go to, you can't take her swimming, there's like, there's no yeah, soft play, yeah. there's no, none of these things are, are yeah. open, they haven't you did been with viable. Yeah. So uh, I think in terms of her, it almost seems sometimes like she's like almost ag- agoraphobic, she sort of quite often will be like, I want to go home, I want to go home, mm. which has been a bit of a worry really, um, mm. and so I've been trying to find... Yeah, and I'm sure people will empathise with that. Yeah, so it's kind of, I mean, at home she's, you know, a bundle of joy, but I, I do sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, that you know, they, they bounce back so quickly when they're this young, but she should be able to join mm. at the Brumblebees at the little school in April, I think, as long as they've got space for her. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, and so then I'll be able to get some things... time back. I know, I, su- I suppose there's two things there. I mean, one is, like, obviously if you'd stayed in Bristol and continued and however you were doing that you would have had Frida in nursery or with childmind or what have you and yeah. there would have been your focus would have been when she was away from you on work whereas now you've had to fuse that haven't you you've had to kind of do all this planning and preparation and move with her with you so I suppose one thing is maybe just some reflections on how you've coped with that like how how do you feel because obviously I think all parents have been exhausted by the pandemic so maybe like you could say a little bit about that but then obviously as you've said like Frida's and Casper my son's a bit older than Frida but not much older he's two and a half but he has still been able to go to a kind of his private nursery that you know he just books the days that Hmm. he books the days I book the days (laughs) I'm working that he goes so he has still had some interaction but everybody is like missing that informal interaction especially mm. kids that aren't informal childcare. you know as you've said those groups that you would have taken them to and you did a lot of that with all or I know you did with your first um it is a worry it is hard um and it doesn't always translate for those little tots into zoom sessions whereas like bigger kids who can you know do an art class on zoom or something it's it's different so it is a, it is a bit of a concern and I know there's obviously lots of campaigns out there at the minute around improving childcare and support for under fours um yeah so maybe just two thoughts one is like how you're managing your time with her at home and then the second what you think I suppose you've got all the outdoor learning that she can do go to the beach with her and things like that yeah we do yeah, we do a lot of that. that I mean although the weather's pretty awful at the moment um mm. uh yeah I mean um so I guess it would be amazing to have some more time I, I guess I'm quite lucky in a way that you know, Rob is self-employed, so um, he works from home a lot. And now he has room in what he's converted. One of the, um, he's using the barn to do some of his carpentry work. So he's at home a lot. Um, so you know, occasionally okay. he he can sort of dip in. Um, but you know, basically, I am main child carer for six days of the week because quite mm. often Rob will be doing work on our house or work on the stables on a Saturday. Mm. So it's quite a yeah. long stint actually, um, and especially when you don't yeah. have when you don't have the social aspect of going and meeting up with other mums or, you know, having those adult yeah, conversations. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's the hardest bit. Yeah. Is it is a long it's a long slog of of mm. just talking to someone who's got very limited vocabulary. Um, and yeah. uh, you find yourself sometimes scrabbling when you are talking to another yeah. adult, scrabbling for words because you're so used to being in your own head yeah. um, 
that I think that's one of the most difficult things is loss of confidence really and okay. you know because okay. it's gone on because we had I had maternity leave I went back briefly to, to work and then the pandemic hit and then I was always thrown back yeah, into just yeah. full full-time childcare again and I have been ever since March basically mm. um and yeah yeah so thinking about this has been great because it, it, it I, I have had a focus that's outside of the children and I you know I love my t- children dearly but yeah, I do yeah. think it's important to have another focus to feel like you're using your mm, brain I agree. Um, mm. and so I'm really looking forward to when Frida can go and have a couple of days at preschool or childcare or whatever just so that I can mm. have another fo- like properly focus on something else um and I guess I think yeah. that's really what, what you for know, her to build her confidence with other adults again, yeah. and other kids again, and yeah. But I think that you yeah. know that, yeah, you know, I, I know in other countries in Sweden, places like that, that there is, that there is childcare from a much from 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 year after they hit their first birthday. I think it is first or second birthday. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, yeah, it, it paid for. Yeah, yeah. not kind and of. And I yeah. th- I think mm-hmm. that's you know like waiting until the first term after their third birthday before you can get any um assistance seems you know it's Mm. it's a long slog and you know I don't a bit like yourself we don't have any grandparents living anywhere near us we don't have any family who can help us out um and everyone you know you can't ask other people to look after your kids for nothing (laughs) so it's that kind of it's it I feel that's what is missing is that there is no time to really um I remember I was doing an email trying to work out the numbers of the for the tree orders and stuff and I was doing it at like 11 o'clock at night having been you know looked after and having still having broken sleep and I got the maths wrong and it was just like oh god you know I swear if I'd be able to do this in the morning which is my time when my brain works properly Mm. 11 o'clock at night is pretty frazzled (laughs) yeah your your brain couldn't fully focus yeah Mm. um so I think that's you know um I, I guess I think that would be really helpful to have some. Uh, so is mine. Government. I don't know how many people manage it well, but some do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I, as I said, I think we feel extremely lucky that we, the furlough mm. thing and, and this time has helped us to focus to sort of make this shift. And I yeah. don't think we would have done it if it hadn't have been all those things hadn't happened. Then it would have been too easy to sort of sit, mm. sit it on the back burner Um and I, we're so happy we made the made the move. We love it here, absolutely love it here. And you know, we kind of yeah. just can't keep pinching ourselves that we've done it Aww. and we're here. It's amazing. And I know it's going to be really challenging. And there's, you know, there'll be loads of challenges and a steep learning curve ahead. But it's exciting, and it's kind of, you know, to make a complete, complete change of lifestyle and career at this stage. Um, maybe it's a bit crazy, but it's also quite exciting. And it kind of, you know. It's um what do they say? A change is as good as a rest. <laughs> Maybe better. <laughs> it is exciting, Antonio. But whilst your situation is is quite unique, you know, mm. how you and Rob have both had to shift and then you'd had plans that you'd pushed forward and you know, whilst it is quite unique, I think a lot of what you've said around, you know, having to rethink what you do and having to refocus, you know, a lot of the sectors that have been hit hardest women are employed in and mm. so if we aren't as women as mothers as parents like being given support to either have time away from the kids to refocus or um retrain or just to have some adult space it's going to be really hard for those women who have come out of furlough 
into sectors that are suffering and are going to either be hit. Yeah, I just think it's it's important to talk about your scenario and what you've done, but also it's exciting, but it has been hard and it will be hard for other people. So I think it's an important message that you've given about, you know, balancing that going forward for others. Um, and I'm sure there'll be lots of people with, you know, campaigning to the government, you know, like the work that Pregnant Then Screwed are doing and Women's bu Budget Group. And lots of people are kind of looking into how we can support women coming out of this. Um, so, yeah, it, you will obviously excel in what you're doing now and it's so exciting to hear it but I think there is some important underlying messages mm. as furlough has been a blessing as you said you got more pay than you would have got if you'd just been like supported through a, a company that was suffering so you know that is a complete blessing it gave you that buffer um but for other people furloughing has been quite tricky because you know there's a lot of debate around it you know should people should women put themselves forward for furloughing if it was possible but then you know potentially they're at more risk at redundancy if they've stepped away yeah. from work and then that's that sort of visibility of being at work changes for them and you know mm. I think that the campaigning and very early on I saw tweets about furloughing and I was like part-time furloughing I mean I work part-time so mm. it hasn't been fun this pandemic but because we've had me as part-time and that my partner is full-time we've somehow managed both of us working from home and looking after the kids somehow but if I'd been full-time and he'd been part-time sorry if I'd been full-time as well as him being full-time it would have mm. been really hard so I think that part-time furloughing there was a, a trick missed early on um yeah with that um to give especially women mothers an option to stay in work but to balance work and care um yeah. so yeah I think Obviously, everyone was, it was a steep learning curve for everybody. Um, but there are some lessons to be learned and some support going forward, I think, is needed. Mm. Yeah, I do have, I mean, I've got a, a very close friend of mine who, who's, a, a, you know, one of these super achiever, high flyer ladies. And she's, mm. her daughter's the same age as mine. <laughs> and But yet her, comp, she was not furloughed. She was one of the few people, I think, mm. um, she had to keep on working. So she had to work from home yeah, with her, yeah. you know, two-year-old, um, no, sorry, three-year-old daughter um, uh, being there mm. all the time. Her partner um, is an editor for the Guardian, and you know, like they they had it was really tough. Um, you know, I can imagine. So, yeah. so that I, I completely that I again, you know, our situation. We I I I was lucky that I was furloughed, and I sort of feel grateful for that because I know it's really really hard for people who weren't furloughed who'd also had to either homeschool their children, which is a whole nother bag um yeah 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 but I think it's you know furlough there, there was the furlough thing but there, I also a lot of these you know like yourself I have I am surrounded by these uh incredible women who who kind of just keep on driving forward and you know like you're doing a put around yeah your your um your career doing these additional um strings um and so and some of my other friends who who did a complete career change after having children so well not complete career change sorry setting up their own businesses so yeah having well, is, worked yeah. you know having been employed all their their you know up until that point then I think it was the focus of having children realizing that they wanted to I guess mm. be in charge of their own destiny their own time um and mm. all, <laughs> all of the ones who yeah. who went from employed from being employed to setting up their own businesses have, have have put their hands up and said they're working much harder now uh they set up their yeah, own businesses yeah. but i guess every single minute of that time is is for their uh, for their for them and their family and you know one of them who was 
a buyer for accessories, has now set up her own um, uh, accessories line for children, and she's doing incredibly well, oh, Mimi cool. and Lula. You know, and another friend who, you know, had been employed by the same company, I think, for over 10 years, yeah. decided after her second child to make the jump and set up a, a design firm with her architect brother. And again, she's doing really well. They, they kind of their, their first project got rave reviews. So I think, you know, motherhood can sometimes really focus people into um, reassessing things, but also, you know, deciding that actually... Um, maybe there's like a creative surge that sort of happens. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I do know quite. I think a few you realise people... time's quite short, don't you? you? Well, for me, I felt that like I was like, whoa, I'm because I'm. You sorry, can I say you turned forty yeah. in lockdown, Antonio? You turned <laughs> yeah. forty in lockdown, and I'm forty next year, and I think there's that like realization now. You know, like forty, it's a big deal, right? I mean, there's not yeah. a. Lo- I know our careers. What do they say? It's a marathon, not a sprint, and we shouldn't be like rushing, rushing, rushing. But the fact is, you know, I think motherhood for me has focused that, like, you know, Rowan has now turned seven. I'm almost 40. Wow. Seven years. Where's that gone? Mm. You know, time does go at a pace. You've got to focus and prioritize. And if it is like examples that, you know, you've given of your friends who've set up businesses or, you know, pivoted, what do they say from being like a full time generalist to being like a part-time specialist to be able to work fewer hours but to get a bit more money in order to work fewer Mm. hours but that takes time to do that that's not just an easy transition you know and if you've got no leeway to do that then it's very hard so yeah I think there's yeah there's a lot we could talk for hours about it I know that's why (laughs) (laughs) I know you're saying you've set up this side thing I think there's a lot of there's a lot of content in this right there's a lot to talk about But I think I think for today, Antonia, we've probably done it justice. So we might yeah. we might thank wrap you. up now. Um, but I just want to thank you for for you know coming on the podcast. I know it's something we talked about you coming on a while ago, and we just never found the right time. Well, I can't wait for you to come and see a stay with us. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's a Sunday now, and you were messaging me going, "We'll probably have a Sunday roast," and I was feeling really jealous. I was like, "Oh, I'd love a bit of countryside <laughs> and a Sunday roast." So one day, and um, it'll be yeah, waiting for you. It'll be something as soon as special we're allowed. to look forward to. It'll be waiting yeah. for me. Yeah, get get the get the Argus stoked. I don't know what kind of countryside oven one has but <laughs> oh we do have an argo we do have oh, an argo <laughs> <laughs> well thank you my love and thank um, you thank you to, to everyone for listening and um, i hope you've enjoyed this episode of our moas minis our series to start 2021 um for mother of all solutions thank you for listening you've been listening to myself laura broderick with my guest antonia faust been listening to the mother of all solutions the mother of all solutions is produced and hosted by laura broderick and edited by me owen waynehouse music for this episode was specially commissioned and produced by ros fraser